And I was like, this has to stop. And my conclusion to that thought was, Enya needs therapy. Because if Enya's tantrums will stop, I won't get so upset. So um, we took her to therapy and the therapist observed her and us. And then she met with me and Mike alone and she said, Enya was perfectly normal for her age and development. <laughs> I was like, but you're not all weather. Of course she's gonna be good for you. And she's like, I understand that Natalie, but you're the one who needs to be in here. And I was like, wait, what? On Life Repurposed, you'll find a blend of practical wisdom and biblical inspiration that's designed to help you navigate everyday life with faith, purpose, and hope. We focus on personal and spiritual growth with a range of topics from improving your relationships and discovering your purpose to setting and achieving goals, plus tools and resources to help you live your repurposed life. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn, the author of books and Bible studies about finding hope in the trashy stuff of life. I'd like to introduce you to Natalie Hickson. She's a wife, mother, and certified professional life coach who helps discouraged Christian moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. After learning to thrive in motherhood and process anger in a healthy way, Natalie became convicted to help other moms avoid those dark years of motherhood by helping them to appreciate and process their anger, learn to identify their triggers, and ultimately control their reaction to those triggering situations. She enjoys her own motherhood journey by hanging with her husband, Mike, and their three daughters in beautiful Bozeman, Montana. She recharges with Jesus, coffee, and adventures with her family, like skiing in the winter and hiking in the summer. I want to give a little disclaimer here about this episode. I guess it's more of an apology to both you and to Natalie, my guest. We had some trouble with audio distortion before we started recording, and I thought I had fixed it, but when I went to edit the episode, I realized that it was not resolved all the way, and so I apologize for some problems with audio quality on the recording, but I listened through it as I edited and felt like our interview was clear enough for you to listen in, and so my apologies for the audio. You know as regular listeners that I strive for the best quality possible, and Sometimes that just doesn't work out with internet connections. So let's jump into that chat with Natalie, and I hope you enjoy her story. I like to go back a little bit sometimes, go back to childhood. Uh, We won't start all at the beginning. You won't have to like talk about your birth or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll go back to the beginning a little bit because I have some childhood memories that really are still in my mind today. So I'm wondering, since we're going to be talking about anger and destructive anger and the effects of that. Can you think of like your first memory of when you experienced an anger emotion? Um, yeah. One of them was I was like, well, no, somewhere between four and six. And I had cotton candy my mom had gotten me. And she dropped me off at my great grandma's house. And I walk in and my great grandma's like, you don't need that candy. And I was like, what is mine? And she's like, no, are you going to give that to the boy down the street? And that was like, wait, what? How come he gets it and I don't? <laughs> and that that right there was one of those four memories that added to my self-image as far as my body and stuff. Um, 
that wow. was that was a pretty I've had to like go back and really ask the Lord to forgive me and, and forgive my grandma for mm-hmm. for that experience. That was yeah, one of the first ones I remember. <laughs> I can remember being the oldest child in my family. My mom would put me in charge. Oh, yes. So like before I was really of the age to be a babysitter, you know, my mom would, I was probably 12, you know, and my my brother was a year behind me at 11. And I remember my mom and dad maybe going for, for an hour somewhere for coffee or something. And me getting so mad at my brother that I was just screaming at him because he wouldn't listen to me. And I remember that feeling of like being dizzy almost with like being so mad I thought I was going to pass out. And so um, that wasn't the first or the last time really that I experienced anger. Right. So as we talk about this, is this something that a lot of people who experience destructive anger will have memories that go all the way back to childhood or do they often have like an inciting incident in their life? It really depends. Like I have clients who come to me who are they're like, I was never angry until I became a mom. And then there's clients who, like me, my story, where I grew up with two parents who um, were, were demonstrating destructive anger. So oh, it really is interesting to me because I assumed in the beginning that everyone had parents who experienced, you know, <laughs> showed destructive anger. But then that has absolutely been proven not true in my experience it just totally mm. depends yeah i've i've noticed that sometimes um as parents we try to repress the anger in our children but then we don't repress our own yeah. and so that sends kind of an interesting message to kids of like mom's allowed to get angry but i'm not yeah, yeah it's true we have a difficult time processing other people's emotion and mm-hmm. how to deal with it and especially our kids and often for us long, we're trying to repress their their explosion because we're maxed out too. And we're just like, I can't deal with yours, yes. so you need to knock it off because I'm just trying to deal with myself here. <laughs> right. Or we're embarrassed. My son was telling me yesterday that his daughter, who's almost two, had her first full-on meltdown in the grocery store oh, yesterday. Yes, that and, you know, this moment of like, whoa, I've never seen this side of her. I didn't even know it was in there. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Being in public can be uh, absolutely challenging um, when the kids are, because we do, we're like, is everybody thinking, um, you know, they're thinking about a bad parent. We don't want to think that most of the time. We're like, we're fine. We don't care what other people think, but then that actually happened. And you're like, I'm so sorry to be that mom today or that dad today with that kid today. And I have an experience on the airplane. I remember when my oldest um, was throwing epic tantrums. And I, it's interesting because I kind of, the, the, the Holy Spirit totally led me in this. Um, many times I would just be like whispering in your ear to shut up, be quiet. Like I was really mean. I was like, stop it. Um, and it would just make her more upset. And at one one time, mm-hmm. the Lord inspired me to just like tell her it's okay. Don't worry about what anybody else on this plane says. They that, don't don't worry about it. And so I did. I just I started telling her it's okay if you need to scream, scream. If you need to cry, cry. You know, mommy hears you. And that totally mm. calmed her down. And and I even remember saying, I don't care what anybody else on this airplane thinks. And I was probably saying that more for me, but just like. Also, like, letting her know, like, it's okay right now. You, you're in distress and you just process through that. And you're this mm-hmm. little and this is how you do that at this age. So um, it was really interesting and, and kind of like a big thing for me to try to reuse that 
going forward. When you were talking now, it really reminded me of something we talked about before we started recording about how oftentimes the expression of anger happens behind closed doors. And when we um, teach our kids they can't say how they feel in public, then they learn to repress it too and pretend to be one way in public and another way behind closed doors. So let's talk about your experience a little bit then and how you came to a point where you first realized you needed help with anger and then how you came to a point where you started helping others. Yeah. So um, like I said um, earlier, my parents, the way that they showed anger was destructive. So it was yelling, it was slamming doors, it was um, sometimes throwing things. Um, It was a pretty scary environment for me. Um, Today, they've absolutely, they've grown. They are new people in in the Lord, and it's a beautiful thing. And I think that um, the Lord actually used part of my my healing journey to help encourage them as well, but not that I'm taking credit for their growth. Like, obviously, that's their own, but... It's just really cool when we can watch our kids help us grow. And that was one of those places that was mm-hmm. seeing that, right? And being with my kids. So I get married to my high school sweetheart. And while we moved in together after getting married, I can remember these epic fights where I'm screaming at him and he's just sitting there on the couch completely quiet. And I remember yelling at him one time, like, yelling at me. I remember the mom at one point when I was right up. I was like, really like, it's okay to yell. This is how we die. I was like, okay. So this is, it was reinforced. Like, it's okay. Um, and he's like, I just don't do that. And so, you know, if we pause and look at his, his bringing up, his parents were quiet. They, they avoided conflict. Sometimes there's tough of aggressiveness. Um, it just, they didn't, it was a quiet household in that regard Mm -hmm. and so they processed it in a different way we put us two together and i'm trying to explode and he's like (laughs) withdrawing (laughs) um and at that moment i remember just in the epic tantrums i was having in our marriage being afraid of having kids because my anger was i was starting to see the contrast like this is not healthy that didn't stop us Mm -hmm. obviously um, we, we had Enya a couple of years after we got married and, um, when she hit about two years old, um, you could find both of us throwing tantrum together. Um, we were both <laughs> screaming, yelling, crying, except mommy was more scary and this is where the, the story takes a turn for the worst. So I was very abusive and I don't say that lightly. I'm just told this story so many times um so please know my heart I, it, it does it does yeah. what i'm about to share um it might sound like i'm i'm sharing it in a light manner but it it wasn't light and i don't condone it so um but i was very scary i was threatening i would get in her face i would squeeze her arm too tight and we bruises i'd think her butt too um hard and these little handprint i would just threaten throw things and it was really scary like a two-year-old tantrum but (sighs) what what was i like 23 24 at that point um and i knew it wasn't okay but i didn't know what to do about it um Mm -hmm. i felt like i'd been struggling for so long at that point that there was nothing i could do i was hopeless um by the grace of god we actually lived next to my parents we were in a duplex 
um, on two condos um, and they were on one side. And so when I could tell I'm getting to the point where I might actually really cause damage, I would call my mom and she would come take her from me. Um, so it was really scary. My husband, he would try to get involved and I would get more angry at him, but he would do his best mm. to protect Anya from me. So fast forward a couple more years, we had her sister Sky, and I can remember um, Anya's tantrums at this point are epic. She's not learned from anyone how to deal with the anger. Um, and she just keeps getting reinforced by my behavior, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm nursing Sky one night and um, I'm in a room with the door shut and Mike's down the hallway with Anya trying to get her to bed. She's throwing a tantrum and I'm sitting there getting more and more upset to the point where I just explode and scream at the top of my lungs for Anya to shut up and go to bed. And Sky stops nursing and she looks at me with this horrible little baby face and just starts bawling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this has to stop. And my conclusion to that bopping was Enya needs therapy because if Enya's <laughs> tantrums will stop, I won't get so upset. So um, we took her to therapy and the therapist observed her and us. And then she met with me and Mike alone and she said, Enya was perfectly normal for her age and development. <laughs> I was like, but you're not all weather. Of course she's going to be good for you. And she's like, I understand that, Natalie, but you're the one who needs to be in here. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, it was hard to hear it. But at the same time, deep down inside, I was like, you're telling me that I can change? I'm here. We'll do it. Mm. And so... Mm. Um, that was definitely spirit-led, and it wasn't the, a Christian counselor. She was a psychoanalysis. Um, and so, but I spent four years of psychoanalysis therapy with her. And I'll tell you, it really helped me understand a lot of, you know, working with how humans are and, like, helped me kind of process through a lot of past events in my life. But I left therapy because I still hadn't changed the patterns at home. They had been getting less intense. They weren't as abusive as they were, but I still yelled. I'd still slam doors. I'd still be scary mom, right? Thank goodness mm-hmm. the abuse had stopped at that point. So we had, I mean, the physical, we're going to put say it that way, the mm-hmm. physical abuse. And so, um, but I continued my journey. I wasn't done. I wasn't going to settle for this. Like, like I knew I really was desperate to continue this journey to not be like that anymore. And so um, I just was led on, on a personal development journey through the Lord. And one of it actually happened to be through me trying various different online businesses that failed and just the personal development, reading books, doing online courses and stuff. It just felt, kept me in a positive mindset going forward. And then I was also growing in my faith in the Lord. And those two things were absolutely helping me. And then I, I felt led to coaching school. And so I went to Christian Life Coaching Institute, got my certification, and I thought I was going to help moms organize their life (laughs) because (laughs) one of the things that helped me was I was, I I did like a full house purge and clean and everything has a place and a place for everything type of mentality. Um, And that helped alleviate some things, but it it didn't fix anything, right? Right? It was just kind of a, Mm -hmm. it just helped. Um. So once I went into that, I learned 
about listening and, and she was very adamant if you are going to be coaching people your Christian coaching, you have to know the Lord. You have to spend time with him daily. You've got to get in that consistent habit because if you can't hear him, if you don't spend that time with him, then you won't hear him. You can't recognize his voice if you aren't ever talking to him and listening to him. So um, then through that journey, my coaching practice was not doing anything. And I met with some ladies and a little business mastermind and one of the moms and I stayed up talking about our journeys through anger she related and she had a podcast she's like get on the podcast you have to talk about this so I did and it was at that point after that podcast that mom started coming to me I need help I need help how did you do this and the really crazy thing is it was through helping them and serving them that really got me over the biggest hump of my destructive anger mm. And so it was just the Lord working through, I mean, so many coaching sessions, hundreds of hours of coaching sessions that it felt like when I got off those sessions, that that was for me. And the Lord was just speaking through wow. me, right? And so it was, it was so cool. And I still would say I'm not perfect. I still get angry. I still make mistakes. <laughs> me either. <laughs> you know, and, and especially around those hormone cycles. Woo! Those can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and today my destructive anger looks more like a side remark or I will give a funny look or I might slam my door still. Um, but there's not this all out check, you know. I mean, my rage, I would just check out and I would come back to you and be like, well, what just happened? I don't even know what I just did. It was so scary. Um, and I like to really hear, how, so what does that look like now with anger from MA girls? And wow, I mean, one of the like sweetest confirmations that we have restored and renewed and we're continuing to grow with Anya, and she knows the story. Everything you've heard and more she's heard from me mm-hmm. about what happened. Um, very open with her about it. But I was visiting her at college this last year, her first year of college, and I was being careful. I didn't want to, like, get into her bubble or anything, not that she was putting that out, but I just want to be careful, you know? Like, I don't want to come mom you at college. <laughs> and, and she'd ask me to come hang out in her dorm and cook dinner and stuff, and I was like, well, I don't, I'm going to, like, overstep my boundary. She's like, mom, having you here is, like, makes my stress level go so much more down. Like, it. I really love having you here. And I was just like, wait, what? Because <laughs> that's not what it was, you know, 18 years ago when you're two years old or whenever it was. But yeah, so it, the Lord and, and the, the message for you listening is the Lord will redeem and restore. And we have to put our faith in that. Even when we're in the middle of the muck and the mire and we're just like, we're hopeless and Things are never going to change. First of all, you want to stop saying that. But second of all, we haven't got to trust that we're going through this and the Lord's going to use this for his good. The enemy's trying to make it for his, for his plans. The Lord is going to turn it around. And now today, I look back at that and I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm not thankful for the things that happened that were bad. But I'm grateful for the experience because of who I get to help today. Because this... as as I was telling you before we started recording, this is like a hidden, a hidden challenge 
moms are afraid to speak out that they've got this challenge because mm-hmm. yeah, in our society, especially with like Instagram and all that, we've got like this idea of how perfect life looks and they never get angry. You know, we can be at church and see moms that were like, oh, how do they do it? They're so patient, you know, and it's like, you don't know what yeah. they're like at home. <laughs> no. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for your vulnerability. And I appreciate the way you share your story because I can relate to so many aspects of it. And I can't I can't say for certain now looking back that if I had sat in therapy with my child and had somebody tell me that I was the problem, I don't think I would have received it in the way you did. One of my biggest hurdles in life has been this self-sufficient thing like everybody else around me is broken they triggered me therefore they're responsible for it and so um that would have taken I I think now if somebody said that to me I because even now my husband he's a lot like yours we were high school sweethearts he's the middle child who never wants to have a conflict he will push back now and I will receive it and and he'll even diffuse that anger because he will say, I don't think you're angry at me. And he's right. Oftentimes, I've realized for me, it's fear. And when I'm afraid or I feel out of control and I feel like I have, there's nothing I can do to fix that, I just freak out and then everything makes me angry. So I'd love to talk about triggers because I know you have a resource with triggers, but I'd love to know some of the things you've discovered that trigger us to get to that point where we lose control. Yeah, well, like you just said, there's that idea that, I mean, not just idea, but the feeling that we're afraid or we're out of control. Mm-hmm. Anger usually stems from one of the negative emotions that we're not wanting to, to process because it's vulnerable. Um, if we're afraid, we want to protect ourselves. If we're disgusted, we want to be like, get away, stop it. Um, if mm-hmm. we're sad, we don't want people to know because so many reasons. <laughs> right and and it's not that i mean some yeah. people say anger is a secondary emotion and some people don't i where i lie is we can feel angry and not get destructive and feeling anger mm-hmm. is okay and psalm 4 4 says be angry and do not sin meditate within your heart on your bed and be still it's okay that we get angry but what are we doing with that anger that's mm-hmm. what's important mm-hmm. so when um and I like to discuss too the difference between what is destructive anger and what is that okay to be longer. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. So the feeling of anger in general, you're feeling upset. You're in for whatever reason, you have this feeling that you're angry. And that's okay. You are not sinning because you're feeling that feeling. Um, and so I just really like to make that clear because often people will feel that and immediately feel shame and guilt. Um, so mm-hmm. what are you doing with that? If, are you using that anger to control a situation, protect a situ- or protect yourself from something? In that case, we're going to destructive anger. And destructive anger is those scary behaviors where we're screaming, we're slamming yeah. things, we're throwing things. We are belittling, threatening. Um, we might go to the other side. Maybe we're not loud. Maybe we're passive aggressive. Maybe we're manipulating mm-hmm. Um, maybe we are like, I remember my husband would come along and be so angry. I'd just be like, bye. And I get in the car. He was with the kids. So I could leave him. <laughs> we, and he wouldn't know where I was. We didn't have location back then. <laughs> it's like yeah. that, you know, silent treatment. 
those are all destructive behaviors, right? Whereas anger, you might be frustrated, you might jump your foot, you might sigh, uh, you know, those things mm-hmm. are not so bad. In fact, I told them, I'm like, okay, you've got that built up energy and you need to get it out. If you have little, then like, okay, everybody, we're feeling frustrated. Let's roar like lions, roar, you know, or even to this day, when I get really frustrated with all my teenagers, you know, depending on the situation, I'm like, I'm going to take a moment. I'll be back. And I'll go out to the recycling bin and I'll stop cans and box food. <laughs> and I won't be cursing. I won't be telling myself that my kids are terrible. I'm just like, you know, just get it out. Um, and so getting the energy out, that's okay to get that energy out. But let's communicate about it. I'm upset right now. So I need to take a moment and go calm down before we can continue in this conversation. And I like to tell the kids, mommy's angry right now. Like when they're little, especially. Or mommy's mm-hmm. angry right now. And so we need to take a, a break. Everybody just calm down moment to their own places. Let's calm down. Um, it's not you I'm mad at. It's the situation. We're trying to deflect that from the kids. Yeah. Like it's not them. Like we have a problem here. You're not the problem. The problem's a problem. We'll figure it out. But we got to calm down first. So it's kind of mm-hmm. helping us work through that angry feeling in a healthy way. And I like to say the negative emotions, whether it's anger, disgust, sadness, or fear, those are speed bumps. We're feeling them for a reason. So let's slow down, stop, and go, why am I feeling this way? And I, I use a little prompt of sit and pray or shorten it to mm-hmm. sit and pee because I like to encourage moms just go to the bathroom no one's going to argue with you for going to the bathroom <laughs> right <laughs> but if you're like love literally in a place where you can't because you're like I can't leave my baby on the floor so just remove yourself like if you're on the floor get on the couch if you're on the side of the room go to the other side of the room it's make a movement of stepping out step out in faith that you can get out of this this situation mm-hmm. in a healthy way so S is stop separate I is inhale. P is tune in. Tune in is what's going on for me? Why am I angry? What's going on for them? Why are they upset? And then pray, Lord, I need strength. Don't pray for patience. <laughs> oh, pray for patience. <laughs> pray for strength and clarity of mind. Lord, please give me clarity mm-hmm. on what's going on. Give me strength to walk through this in a productive way. Help me to... Um, use kind and loving words that's the heat of the moment and then there's you know if we did blow it or even if we didn't blow it but we had to take that calm down moment come back we want to recover and just take responsibility something you were saying like i wouldn't take i don't think i would have been able to take the therapist saying that to me you know and that's a big deal we have to take responsibility for what is going on for us that was my thing in the beginning and you need therapy not me well there's a couple things that were clouding my judgment there I thought, first of all, this was genetic. I couldn't change. And second, that was a lie from the enemy. And second, mm-hmm. I was thinking that it was, it's kind of along the same lines, that there's no way for me. I've been praying through the frame and nothing's going to happen. And then there's the third thing that I just wouldn't go to, which was you need to take responsibility. But I wanted to, but I didn't know. Right? And so the Lord mm-hmm. led me into that. I think that's all led through the spirit because he was just like no this is your answer right here you need to take responsibility and if you're taking responsibility that moves you into productive action 
And so that is what helps you start to step out of those behaviors because you're taking responsibility and you're being productive. Destructive behavior, we're taking the easy way out or we are um, not, you know, we're just not facing it. And it, it, it's basically like the lazy way out, but I don't want to call anybody listening lazy. You just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> well, but responsibility is huge. <laughs> And you'd ask about triggers. So the trigger mm -hmm. tracker is something that your listeners can go download for free on my website. Um, and it is the thing that this is usually what I like to do after the fact, or maybe, you know, there's a time that you get triggered, like the bedtime or leaving the house. It's a big time for moms, typically with kids getting triggered. Mm -hmm. We want to write down there's questions like journaling prompts, basically, that are like, what happened? What'd you do? That's not the pretty answer. You don't want to write that up. You need to face it. <laughs> All right. Um, it's kind of that moment where you're like going back to rewind the camera and see what your actions were in that, right? Mm -hmm. Or how do we want this to look in the future in a healthy way? What, how would a healthy mom walk through this, right? Try and your best to answer that. Um, and then there's what what was going on? Like, were you hungry, tired, hormonal? Are they hungry, tired, hormo hormonal? And especially have teenagers. Mm -hmm. Girl mom right here, three girls. Woof. <laughs> yes, my husband will believe once once a week a month. <laughs> what Your husband's in my situation where I had all boys <laughs> in my house and he has all oh, girls in oh his. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, there was a week this summer I had my niece. We don't have nephews even. We have all girls on both sides of the family. And my niece was over and all of us were hormonal. And we were just like, and I was like, I didn't even realize we, we were all like, okay, where are you all at on your cycle? And it was crazy. Um, God bless Mike. But anyways, <laughs> so the, that's where your truck will also ask you to, you know, each, go to the word to find some encouragement and also to make sure you pray about it, pray over the situation and, it will, you just, we don't take time. We don't really take time to stop and go, what's going on for me? Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Like um, the gal that you're talking about, Jennifer, the um, Binder Girl. <laughs> she's so, she's so great. A couple episodes ago, Endless. Jennifer Dukes Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, great episode. Absolutely. Anybody listen, go listen Thank to you. that and, and pick up one of her journals because journaling is mm -hmm. so helpful to help us. We, we're giving ourselves time. And as moms, we don't do that enough. We need to give ourselves time, but with the Lord. And so directing those things to the Lord always in prayer. And I have found in the stage of life that I am in, as I have to release control of my children and let them walk their journey, I can't police them anymore. I just have to kind of sit back and be the judge of like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, you, you crossed curfew, you know, here's your consequence. <laughs> but helping them, you know, it's praying for them now more than anything else. And if you can start that habit back when your kids are littler and continue that habit, he's going to help you overcome and work through these things. You're not stuck and you're not alone. For me, I remember having a, my second child was very colicky. The first year was really rough. <laughs> and I remember being not only sleep deprived, but 
frustrated because I didn't know what to do for him. I, there were times I had to just put him in his crib because I was afraid I was going to hurt yeah. him because I was so frustrated. But I went to uh, Mothers of Preschoolers group and I remember just admitting to the people around the table that motherhood is not what I thought it was going to be. And just seeing other people say, oh, I feel that way a lot of days too. It was really helpful for me. And this was pre-Instagram, pre pre-internet perfection, all of that. But there's this thing I had already built up in my head that everybody else's life is so much different than mine. So it felt good for me to hear other people say, I go through that too. And that was just calming even for me to know that he was back in the nursery crying, (laughs) that he didn't like it there either. And those people couldn't figure out what he wanted. And so um, this was just my time with other people. Um, Where have you found places to be real with other people where you have felt safe, where you can express? Because I'd love for our listeners to think a little creatively about if they're feeling stuck right now, they can reach out to somebody like you for coaching, but also in their circles. Where do, where do you look for help? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really amazing how many moms I've talked to who they were like, they heard my story and it wasn't until they heard my story. They're like, wait, I'm not alone. And I encourage them. I'm like, you need to talk to people, talk to people in your circle, ask the moms that like, so I, I can get vulnerable and open up to my book club girls that we've been in book clubs for years, really core group of girls. Um, those girls, we open up and we're vulnerable with each other about what's going on. We pray for each other. Women's Bible study, it can be intimidating, but there might be another mom there that you kind of start to like, with the sense you might be struggling mm-hmm. with even one thing that's the same. Reach out to that person afterwards. Um, even asking your pastor, because your pastor typically talks to lots of people having the challenges, right? And saying, is there someone with this challenge that you think that I could talk to you, that we could keep each other accountable or pray for each other? Um, and most recently for me, I joined um, the women's prayer group at my church and have been able to just, I mean, I'll never forget the girls. I text her like, are you still being prayer group? And she's like, yeah, come. It's completely changed my life. And I can't go into everything right now, but I mean, that was like a month ago. And since then, I can't tell you the things the Lord has done in my, in my children's life and my life as a mom, just being in the group. And I have opened up and been very vulnerable about challenges that we've experienced. And so it's it all like, it's like kind of gave you one that we're Christian circles for me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so in one is, we're not even focused on on worshiping or or do anything secular. It's just book club that we read, whatever we decide to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then if you have a good relationship with your parents, if you feel like you can confide in them, or in and one of the ways I'd go about that with your parents is asking them questions. What was it like for you when you had kids this age? Um, and I know that can't always be parent. Our relationship with our parents can be really challenging. Um, one of the things through my four years of psychoanalysis really encouraged me to, to talk to my parents. And it was super scary and super hard. But I challenged my parents. And we had some really difficult conversations. And ones that didn't end so pretty. <laughs> but um, I, I was able to, we were able to overcome so, so much. Uh, my my mom, dad, and I. And, um, it's been really beautiful to see that relationship and how encouraging 
my parents are over what I do today. Um, so, you know, reaching out to them as well. Hopefully that gives them solutions that can help. I think there's a little bit of a stigma, maybe a lot of a stigma. And um, if we get past the fear of speaking out, it's amazing how many times people say I can relate. And we're careful about sharing our stories because, first off, we don't want to be that person on the news. You know, and so I think that's like was always in the back of my mind. Like, if I don't if I don't control this, I'm going to be that person on the news. Oh, so scary. So afraid that someone's going to come take your kids away. That was my number one fear when I was in the worst of it. And I will tell you something, too. A really important thing to understand is when you focus on that fear, that's going to keep you in trap. Yes. And so if you're telling yourself those things, that you're a horrible mom, terrible, you're never going to change. Someone's going to take your kids away. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I'm the only one. Um, you're going to stay stuck. And so we have to start speaking truth. And, and the Lord is very clear about that in the Bible. We need to focus on what's good and lovely and true. We need to speak those things over our families and our motherhood. He spoke this world into existence. Words are powerful. Yes. Thank you for that. I I think for me, the journey now that my kids are older they're adults is also being using those words to say, I'm sorry, or now that I look back, that's not the way I would have done it. uh, Because I don't want them growing up with these hidden secrets of I can never say that there were times my mom was scary, angry, and I didn't want to be around her. Which is so important why we want to do the sit and pray recovery. We're modeling that to our kids. Yeah. And our kids are seen. We make mistakes. And we want our kids to see that. And mom be like, oh, I blew it again. I'm like, what did you learn? And how did you recover? And, <laughs> I, and I'm very clear with the, the moms I talk to and work with. I'm like, and, and you listening, it is okay to mess up in front of your kids. In fact, they need to see that. I work with the moms whose parents never messed up, like quote unquote messed up in front of mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. You would think, oh, if I grew up with parents who never got angry, listen. I have moms that I work with who are like that and they don't know how to process anger because and they, they feel so much guilt and shame because their parents never were acting that way. So like, what's wrong with me? So for us to show our children that we do get upset, it's okay. And yes, we want to work on the destructive behaviors and not be abusive. That's important to work through and overcome. But making those mistakes and getting to recover with our kids or showing our kids, you're going to grow up and you're going to mess up. And there is grace for that. And the Lord will Mm -hmm. cover us. We're going to take that to the cross and and leave it with him. I think it's also been helpful to have my adult children who are married watch us model conflict in a marriage because you know, I remember my husband had a conversation with my grandpa many years ago when he was living, and um, my grandpa told my husband that my grandma and grandpa never had had an argument in like, you know, 65 years of marriage. And I remember my husband thinking they had to have. And I was thinking, well, I think they probably did. I don't know. But that's like a yes. false, you know, thing. Like, because my husband and I have conflicts all the time. And so for our kids to see us disagree and then to see me admit to my husband I was wrong, that's yeah. very helpful for them because for many of their years, they didn't see me say I was wrong. 
And so all of that becomes helpful for them in, in applying in their own marriages mm-hmm. as well. I would love to know, Natalie, where you've seen this overflow into other areas of your life. This is the Life Repurpose podcast. We think about how when God changes us in one area, it affects maybe our work, our relationships, or overall well-being. So what have you noticed in your life as you've overcome that destructive anger? And when I say overcome, I don't mean you never get angry, like you said before, but you've overcome the destructive Destructive side yeah. of it. Um, you know, I just, I feel like, first of all, I'm being used for God's glory, right? And not perfectly, but he's able to use me in ways that I can encourage my kids, encourage other moms, encourage people older than me. <laughs> so that's been really, really cool to watch. It's all him, not me. It's just me laying down and being like, use me. I would say in general, like, Yes, like health wise, I feel better. On um, my marriage, we were, I mean, we were talking divorce in 2015, and the Lord led us into marriage coaching. And um, that made a huge impact, not just in our marriage, but also with my destructive anger when I was working through that. Um, and forgiveness. I mean, it was one of the questions that you had. Forgiveness is huge. One of the questions that that I heard on that other podcast with Jennifer um, was, who would you hug in heaven? And the first person that popped in my mind Mm. when I heard that question was a person in my life who caused a lot of destruction in our life. Mm. Narcissistic sociopath um, got the diagnosis from someone. So it's not like I'm just calling them that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so much destruction. And I was under that the victim of that abuse for a really long time and I would want to hug her I pray to the Lord that she's healed and able to be there I want to hug her and that is I think forgiveness has been one of the biggest things that changed for me is learning that I am not perfect I am a sinful human being I have my own challenges and so being able to forgive others and and love them through that lens of Christ. Um, and and yeah, my marriage, that's, that's a big one. Huge. Absolutely. Like, love them more than I ever have. <laughs> I, If you were high school sweethearts, you're like me, where you were probably somewhat immature when you got married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was only 20 when I got married. And so it's like, I'm finally acting the way that, you know, I we just yep. grew up together. We both learned how... <laughs> We both learned how to behave (laughs) with each other. That's kind of fun. Uh, One of the things that I have found freeing for me is no longer, when you talk about forgiveness, no longer looking at the people who were the source of some of my younger years of anger. And I say source as in people who modeled anger. Um, I don't have resentment toward them. I don't hold them responsible for my current behaviors and Um, So, for example, you know, if it's like a parent or somebody else, a teacher in our life, it's like that person caused me. It's like I I no longer have those feelings. And I feel like that's healing to get to a place where I can say, even if they modeled it for me, I'm an adult and I'm making my own decisions. And um, that in so many areas of life has been freeing for me, I think, a huge step in getting past. Uh, I still get triggered by interesting things. That's the thing, too, and that's being aware and doing the, like, trigger trackers and taking time and 
we want to get into an awareness of what are we thinking because what we're thinking is going to turn into how we're acting and right we think something we get a, an emotion from the thought we just had and then we're gonna act on that emotion so by us being aware of our thoughts and taking thoughts captive through christ we can turn those thoughts to more productive um and really work through that but if we haven't ever done that or we didn't know we could or we didn't know how then we're just letting our thoughts run us and that's where we get into those cycles of rage and anger and destructive behaviors because we're not stopping to go what's going on in me right now yeah that's become kind of the the a really good self-awareness is to know i'm feeling this way and instead of acting on it to learn how to pause and wonder what's causing me to feel this way. That's been a lot of years of exploring. So um, for the listener out there, this is a journey and we're all a work in progress. Like Natalie Mm -hmm. said, you were talking about resources. Natalie, I'd love to know how people can connect with you, how they can get that track, the trigger tracker that you mentioned. Yeah. So I'm at just my name, Natalie Hickson, (laughs) H-I-X-S-O-N. On the tricky little S in there. Uh, uh, and they can get you need to get there and you can I think you have a link that you can send them to yes um, I will through your in the show notes, show notes. Uh, and then they can download the trigger checker for free when I have a blog over there and not really on social media for business I'll post my blogs and stuff on Pinterest but at the moment that's really all I'm doing social media ones are you open for coaching clients I am yeah I take clients in as they come and just as the Lord sends them my way. Yeah. All right. So listener, if you want to connect with Natalie and get those resources, or if you're looking for a coach to help you take those next steps on her website, which I will link to in the show notes. So you can find her there. And Natalie is a resource for you to begin those steps for healing and getting over destructive anger and um, figuring out how God can repurpose that in your life. As we wrap up, Natalie, is there something that you would want to say to the listener who's out there who isn't sure of her next step or she's maybe just started down this journey? How would you want to encourage her? Yeah, first of all, kind of just going to bring back some of the stuff I, I shared in depth. Um, I've my a life coach that I work with once tell me, you're a special person, but you're not a special snowflake. <laughs> Meaning <laughs> that, yes, you are unique and God has created you a special person, but what you're going through right now, somebody else has gone through as well. So don't sit there and think that you can't change or there's no hope for you. Please, that will only keep you where you're stuck or lead you down a worse, worse road. So um, as scary as it might feel, start, first of all, prayer and ask the Lord to lead you to somebody to talk to, whether it's me or your pastor or a friend. I don't care, but don't stay in the darkness that, you, that you're in thinking that you can't because nobody else will understand. Um, and then trust, yeah, trust the Lord and get on that. Daily, even if it's just five minutes a day, get in the word and, and talk to the Lord. Um, you need that encouragement from him. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing with our listeners today. And um, thank you for the ministry that you're doing, because I know this is 
this is work that's going to impact people and ultimately change families for the better. So thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If this episode got you thinking, I encourage you to reach out to someone, whether it's a friend or whether it's somebody at your church, your pastor, somebody in your Bible study, you're welcome to email me. You can look up Natalie. If it's got you thinking and you just need to tell somebody, I'm struggling with anger and I think I need to take a next step, you're going to find people ready to encourage you. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, those are at michellerayburn.com slash 164. And there you will find a link to Natalie's website and also that worksheet that we talked about. And you can figure out what your triggers are and use some of those journaling prompts as well. So I encourage you to get that. I downloaded it. It's great. So do get that free resource. I also will have a discussion guide and some thoughtful questions for you related to this episode that will be going out to my email list. And then after that, we'll be on Patreon for the Life Repurpose Plus subscribers. So that's also available as a resource for you too. Thank you for listening today. I so appreciate when you invest your time in listening to an episode. I will be back next week with another episode. You've been listening to Life Repurposed. If you'd like bonus resources sent to your inbox each week, be sure to sign up at michellerayburn.com 